When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Chaps, you all right? You all right, Chris? Yeah. Chris, you? Chris, you all right? Yeah, very formal, John. No, I've been uh, doing a bit of learning recently. Oh, yeah. I'm going into poetry. Oh, yeah. I've an inspiration, a recent inspiration, uh, and I think poetry could be right up my street. Yeah, who's your inspiration? Monsieur Giggs. Monsieur Giggs. We, we, Who knew he was a, a, a modern-day Wordsworth? <laughs> Unbelievable, <laughs> isn't it? And uh, there's not many poets, because I've done a bit of research, there's not many poets finished with Totem Pole. No, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to write a poem. Have you got anything for it? It's a strong reference to the to the manhood, a totem pole. I wouldn't reference mine as a totem pole. What would you reference as? It's certainly not been cut down and chiselled. It's a (laughs) a sapling. Have you got anything together? Uh, No, I'm working from totem pole backwards at the minute. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to get things that rhyme with it. Uh, Mole. This is probably more relevant for myself. Hole. Hole. Totem pole in the hole. hole. I saw somebody get in touch. I was oh, commented on a post and went, "Fuck me! I'd rather do a ten stretch than have that read out in court." <laughs> <laughs> and it's fucking true. Isn't it? <laughs> to be fair, I think you've obviously you know I don't, you don't know the ins and outs now. The court case is going to go, but more than a, a stretch in jail, I think the worst possible punishment they could give him and I, get him in the centre circle before a game and he's just going to he's going to read his poems to the crowd 80,000 Old Trafford oh, on the mic not to oh the on the mic oh yeah like Phil Brown-esque yeah the works of Ryan Giggs <laughs> the works of we've all fell out with our missus haven't we but the last thing on my mind is I know I know oh. what you like I know, what, I know where's the notepad I know, I know I've just got caught walloping again I'll tell you what I'll do I'll write her a poem <laughs> No flowers, no, just writing a poem. Uh, I think he's exhausted the flowers. Yeah. Exhausted everything. Legs he exhausted. He used it twice in two lines. That's all. What? L is for legs. <laughs> and then next like L is for legs again. It's not as easy as what you think, no. the old poetry. I didn't have him down for a poet either. Did you? No. <laughs> After reading him, I'm still not, to be honest. Nice t-shirt. Anyway, nice Chris, I've just, just seen that. Yeah. yeah. Looking that, good again. That's a bear to cover your hair. Yeah. <laughs> a bear... Bear, somebody else's uh, it's, a, it's a woman wearing a bear's head mask. Feel it, feeling her tits. Yeah. Well, no, she, yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> Freshly shaven this morning. Man's, you look good, Chris. Yeah. yeah, I always do. Man's, man's <laughs> face is his autobiography, John. You're right, love. That's it. I might use that. Passes yeah. a pen. <laughs> Passes a pen. I'm going to use it. This is an action adventure. Yes, certainly. Is. Write that down and I'll. Yeah. 
Fire in the mouth. What do you reckon? What? what, what do you reckon, I reckon you'd be a, a sleaze. <laughs> Romantic comedy. Pets. Oh, right. Yeah. Not like, having not, a bit of humour into it. Yeah, yeah. Well, because well, you're almost good looking. Right. So those are the romance. On the cusp. Yeah. And then as you get the side profile, you piss your pants. <laughs> 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 no. See? You weren't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> from from Paul Brown. Brown we've been kind for a second. Sorry. Now. We're going to do some filming today, lads, aren't we? For our uh, live shows. Yes. Which are coming up. Thick and fine. Well, th- this weekend, they're starting. Oh, shit, yeah. This weekend? Next weekend, they're starting. Oh, yeah. Well, no, it is this well, weekend this for the weekend. release. Yeah, of course. I knew I knew what we're doing. Where's the first one? Leeds. Leeds, Manchester, Bradford, Middlesbrough. Yeah, so there are a few tickets still available. Not many, by the down. Way. Not many at all. I Not love- many at all. You've been counting seats, haven't you, yeah. at Leeds? But the uh, the tickets are on the on Twitter and on the website. So if you fancy coming down next week, we've got some bloody good guests. Looking forward to I'm seeing Blakey. Yeah. Robbie. Yeah, at Bradford. Wheats. Weets always going to be entertaining yeah, with the boy Weets. It's going to be any Bolton fans and Oldham fans. It's not far, is it? Come down. I reckon he's planning some of himself. Amazon, looking at fancy dresses, yeah. picking his karaoke songs. Yeah. He's always he's always good fun. He's one of them that will go above and beyond, won't he? Mm. It won't be just a standard fancy dress outfit. It'll be the works. So, yeah, live show's available. Uh, Get yourself down. What's been happening in the football world? We're back, aren't we, Chrissy? What with? United. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> at what point did you think, because um, Chrissy put a picture of him in a Man United kit, at what point did you think that that's going to come back to haunt you? Oh, I knew, I knew before I posted it, but you've just got to... It was perfect. The, the video from Old Trafford when you went, I mm. fucking hate Man United. I do as well. With Venom. I do. And you're like what a was young... it, a stadium tour? Yeah, my uncle worked... From Man United, and he, we got the free stadium tour, and he, he gave us a shirt. I like that. To be fair, I like that kit. Of course, he did. Schmeichel one, like a young Peter Schmeichel, eh? Yeah. So, no, I think I was nine then. So, you know, nine year old. You grew out of it, didn't you? Grew out of it. What? Uh, tell you what, Liverpool, Klopp could be gone, eh? No. Why? He's fucking off to a terrible start. You're only, yeah, he'll turn only, it around, won't he? We're only six games off uh, six games he'll, off getting the sack. He'll turn it around, won't he? They won't, they won't sack Klopp. No? His feet are under the table. Well, Slippers uh, on. Well, they look threadbare, though, didn't they, against United? Yeah. The well, they've got a couple of Manny, do you think they've underestimated uh, what effect he had? You know, because he was always forefront when he had that, that high press. Is he trying to like have a tactical football conversation? I'm just saying he, was, he had all the energy, he didn't he? He had hands as well. Oh, no, he had the energy. The few started well, who maybe weren't expected to. Dirty leads. They've started well. He's just his arms up, the other one, the FA Cup there. <laughs> yeah, Leeds started well. Brighton, tell you what. There's always a few in there and then they fall off. I'm telling you now, right, Graham Potter will be the next England manager. Yeah. There you go. Get your money on that, people. You will, I. I agree with you. you he's done incredible everywhere he's been. They sell the best players and they're still fucking dick folk. Have you got pants on today? No. <laughs> he's not, I can see from here. What, what makes you <laughs> ask that? Is another leak? Yeah. Why am I leaking? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not leaking. Not yet. Well done. Keep an eye on it though. First piss. Yeah. Who have we got today? Don Goodman. Very, very strong episode, innit? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Legend, man. Great guy. Still looks exactly the same as... Like when he, you yeah. remember him playing? Like, I, remember I, just, him, I remember him at Wolves, man. I remember him more for Wolves than anything. Yeah. Not at Sunderland, no? No, I was, no, too young. I'm 
Possibly two. I wouldn't have really watched Sunderland back then. Strong. He were a, he were a championship stalwart when he just never quite. Because I always remember Wolves just never quite got promoted, and every year, every year, and then they so talk I, about. Have you had a new tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look. What's that? that? Was what? That. It's the High Alwyn from Willow, the greatest film ever made. That is your favourite film, isn't it? Let's have a look. I can't see from this angle. Do you know that, Martin? Were you going to tell us, Ah? No, well, no. Just waiting for this have moment. You, have you drawn it on yourself? No. Is it a real tattoo, that? Yeah. Do not like it? I think she's real. Yeah, it's real, look. Oh, well, uh, yeah, it's nice. Do you like it? Yeah, I'm, I'm look, very much looking forward to seeing what the, the red is right other side. It looks so just. Juno's just put yeah, some lipstick on. Splattered it on. I think you need a bit of definition in the arms now, though, Chris. Do you think? Mm. Yeah. Looking out. You look good, but the last thing I want to do is stretch Willow's face. Good point. <laughs> he's, he's ugly enough as he is. Last thing you want is a stretched out, drawn out Willow. Should we get him in, Dom? Yeah, why not? Should yeah. we get him in? Come on, Dom. Uh, we've had a few fans get in touch, haven't we? From, from let me just see. Uh, Forest, Sunderland, Leeds, Leicester, Derby, and Cardiff asking <laughs> why you hate the club. <laughs> <laughs> and that, my friends, is precisely why I'm not on social media. Because I get battered anyway. You know. At the end of the day, you, you, I, I'm like, we are the Roy Walker of football, aren't we? You yeah. don't say what you see. Yeah. Say what you see, and um, some fans don't like struggle. It. I was really, I did Sheffield Wednesday v Sunderland last night in the Carabao Cup. Sunderland were awful, awful. It's a club that I love, yeah, and I battered them because they deserved battering. Sheffield Wednesday were brilliant, Sunderland were awful. You've got to say what you see, and I, look, I'm a Leeds fan, uh, stood on the terraces, was a ball boy. But before Marcelo Bielsa got there for 15 years, they were shite, weren't yeah. they? So what do you want me to say? Seriously. Yeah. You can't polish your turds, can you? It's, it's one of those. And I had a, I played in a charity game a year ago. My last one, by the way, I'm retired now. This is official. So if you haven't heard it before, this is breaking news. Um, no more charity games. I couldn't walk for three weeks after Achilles. Um, but it was in Nottingham. And, and I was playing for Kevin Keegan's team. And, and afterwards, you mooching around as you do when you play these charity games and all these forest fans coming. Why do you hate us? What? <laughs> Seriously, why, why do you hate us? And I, I said to one, when was the last forest team that you really enjoyed watching and you were really proud of? And he went, Collymore? I said, well, there you go then. I, 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 you know, what do you want me to say? Yeah, I, I wasn't was commentating. Yeah, I wasn't commentating. I was sorry, man. And he went, oh, yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. And, You're and right, we are shit. Yeah, they had been. And then last year, of course, it all it all was all brilliant. I was thrilled for him. And it, it, it is all about some fans have got blinkers on and it's like a snowball effect, isn't it? You know? The so, thing is, you go on their message boards as well and they're saying the same things. Well, because you're... From an, out, an outside yeah. thing, you can't say that. But you go on their mess message boards, they'll curse the team. 
Yeah. If they're having a bad time. They so. just don't want to hear it from somebody exactly. else, do they? No. And, it's a, and, that, and that's fine. But I think a dose of realism sometimes, if your team have played rubbish and a, and a pundit says your team have played rubbish, then, you know, you just crack on, don't you? So we can say you do hate them all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off to Cardiff on a nurse. I, I love Cardiff, actually. <laughs> do you enjoy the old process of the commentary, though? The, yeah, the, I love it. The research. Yeah, the... yeah if Carlin did jobs for me, that would be the one. That would be the one. Yep, yep, yep. I was like talking. Like talking, yeah. You know, and, and, and Gary Newborn was the the guy that I owe an awful lot to at um, Sky Sports. He was the one that said, you're very articulate, you're this, you're that, the other. So I rang him one day and said, how do you, if I wanted to go down that road, what would I do? And um, he said, get a column in the local paper, do some summarising on local radio. If you're any good, Radio 5 Live will get you. And if you're any good on that, Sky will come for you. And that is exactly what, what happened. happened yeah I, I do love it and i love the variety of it actually i gotta say going to watch football of different levels in different stadiums in different environments it's quite refreshing i don't think i could now watch the same team week after week i think i'd get bored basically yeah. after after all that variety no it's a brilliant job did you know you didn't fancy getting back on the tools then when you finished Don't go electrician vans <laughs> bobbing around <laughs> It was partly that, but then I, you know, I had to evaluate what it had done to my barnet when I put my finger in the socket. So, um, no, I, I loved that job. And, and joking aside, it gave me a really good grounding in terms yeah. of working hard. You know, I used to get up at 5am, get two buses across Leeds to be an apprentice electrician. And um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And it, it, as I say, good grounding. Mm. Am I right in saying that you, you were offered an apprenticeship, but you decided to stick with the, the electrical work exactly. at the same time? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was playing for a, a, a team in the Northern Counties East League called Collingham. Um, so what would that be? Three or four levels below the league. I was 15, just going 16. And my Men's man, football. Sorry? Men's, men's football. Men's open age football. Yeah, I was getting kicked the shit out of every week, to be fair, which again was a good grounding. Um, but men's football. And um, the manager there had... had uh, good contacts in football, understood a little bit about the professional game. And he had said um, he'd set a trial up with Bradford City. So I went off to play in this trial. Bradford City Juniors played uh, a team from the same league, ironically, in the Northern Counties East. And, and we won 3-2. I scored all three. Roy McFarlane, straight after the game, offered me an apprenticeship. Um, I chewed it over with my mum, my dad, and this coach, Ken Parkin, from Collingham. And he was the one that explained that it's only 10% of apprentices go on and have a career. have a career. And those odds just weren't weren't good enough for me. Really. It's even less now. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Well, you've got your, your academy systems mm. where the clubs get them at five, six, seven, eight now. Um, but from 16 to 18, that traineeship, as they call it now, Around about 10%, maybe less, like you say. And, and, and I had a brilliant I had a job for life, Leeds City Council. What's not to love? And um, pensioned a lot, you know. Um, so, yeah, those odds weren't, weren't great. So what was decided that I would sign for Bradford on a what's called a non-contract basis, play for the juniors on a weekend, play for the resis through the week, and then see how it went. They could get rid of me any time. I could walk away any time. Um, and it worked really well. And actually... Apprentices were getting 25 quid a week, footballers. Yeah. I was getting 53. And I was getting a tenner a game for, from Bradford for 
playing two games a week. I, I, I thought I was loaded. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't know what to do with it, yeah, to, to be honest. And um, I felt sorry for the apprentices because they were only getting a fiver a, a week more than me and they were cleaning terraces, boots, mm. making tea and, and I was playing twice a week and, 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 and doing one. Um, at 18, I'd done well. I'd already made my debut when I was an electrician, actually. Um, right. The last two games of the season that is at League One level. Uh, made my debut against Newport County. Um, Trevor Cherry was manager by this time. Roy McFarland had gone to Derby County. And um, things were looking good and they offered me a pro deal. And then that's a different yeah. thing, really. I still covered all bases. I wrote to the electricity board and said, I've got the opportunity of a lifetime. If it doesn't work out, can I come back and finish my apprenticeship? And they wished me well and said, yeah, all you need to do is find somebody that will take you. So covered all bases and... And it worked out. You must have developed quick, though. Have you played in the first team at that age? Yeah, I did, actually. I was I was as skinny as a stick. You won't believe it now. Whip it when I was sort of 15, 16. I basically, it was in the days where not every centre-half was an athlete. Yeah. Remember those days? And um, stick the ball over the top and I'd be able to give them a five-yard start and get yeah. on the end of it, really. Um, obviously, it was an advantage. Um, but I, I slowly filled out physically. Um, because it was in the era where contact was allowed. Yeah. Um, and you had to be able to look after yourself. Learn quickly. Uh, and, learn, and learn very quickly. Unfortunately, at, at, at Bradford City, as I got into the first team, I had a, an incredible teacher in Bobby Campbell. I don't know if uh, you're probably all too young to remember Bobby Campbell, yeah. Irish Bob. I am. We had a lot of people yeah. ask about him, though. Yeah, 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 so yeah. ask about Bobby I mean, Campbell. Hard, hard as nails. And yeah. Who spoke about him? Which players have come on and spoke about him? John Henry. Yeah. yeah they did. John Henry yeah. would have been. He, John Henry was shit scared of him. That's why he won't forget. <laughs> he was a big. He was a big uncompromising centre forward. He fed off crosses, and he, you know, he wanted. He loved the scrap, and um, <laughs> he, but, on, and, on and off the field. Uh, or? Mainly on it. Mainly on it. <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah. Well, uh, but everybody played with wingers, and we had John Henry on the right, and a lad called Mark Ellis on the left, and. If they didn't put the ball in, my it scared me watching how Bobby Campbell pinned up against the just. You give me that fucking ball, you will fucking kill you. <laughs> like that, you know, he, he did have that 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 sort that of. Uh, that was sort of intimidating. So you, <laughs> you, you did pass to him whenever he wanted it. Yeah. To me. And how was he off the field? Like in the changing room, would he leader? Would he, yeah. Yeah, because it was in the days when every club had a social. You 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 got your bollocks run off on a Tuesday, but you had Wednesday off, so Tuesday nights you were out. We had a great group. Um, I could possibly argue, although I've been in some incredible dressing rooms, that that first one at Bradford City, I could argue that was the best actually. But we we went out after every every home game, um, and usually some away games as well. Um, it was when they had beer on the bus at the yeah. back. You'd sit at the back drinking, playing cards and all that. And, and of course, that first year, we pissed the league. We absolutely romped it. So it was all... I thought, this is easy, this pro game. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know... And, well, I've been uh, fucking about with them tools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, wrote, wrote to the electric board. No, I won't be... No, anyway, no. <laughs> but but uh, no, going back to Bobby Campbell, he, he, was, he was the daddy. He was the, the leader. He was, and we had other leaders like Peter Jackson, Jacko, yeah. uh, Dave Evans, center half. But we had a great, Stuart McCall was in there, John Henry, as you've mentioned. Yeah. We've had lads on who've come through, a young lad playing in the first team, they've had people looking after them. So if they started getting smashed, there'd be somebody who'd come over and just 
that was Leave the first. Him alone. Bobby Campbell was the first. I mean, obviously, centre half one free hit anyway every game, and you they could smash into you, and 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 I'd I'd literally look round two minutes later, and the the guy that had smashed me had blood pouring from his <laughs> nose and his back. Bobby would look at me and go. <laughs> you know, it was in the days when you could. I, I think the only person that, that could rival Bobby Campbell for the physicality side of football was, was Billy Whitehurst. But you wouldn't be surprised to hear me say that, to be honest. He, he did more damage in one game of football than I've ever seen on a, Billy Whitehurst, this is, on a football pitch. Goalkeeper carried off, dislocated shoulder, 14 stitches, standing goalkeeper stitches, two centre-halves, Stitches. <laughs> how, how, just how do you amazing, get a dislocated shoulder and 14 stitches in one swoop? Uh, I in, think, yeah, there was a, a less than subtle collision. That, yeah. Um, yeah, I think landing, Billy on top of him, just a full on, yeah. Did Billy see the end of the game? Did he? Oh, God, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the referees were too frightened to send him off, to be honest with you. Like, you know. Never saw it, Bill. No, never saw it. I've heard that much it, about him. I still can't imagine what it was like. Imagine watching yeah. a game like that from when we played. It never happens, does it? They do say well, watch I'm... a replay of the 66 World Cup final and, and, and there are probably 15 tackles that would now be a red card. Yeah. That's what they say. Like, you're watching the ball that way and then, like, you look. <laughs> There's just somebody spelled out, out like, with cups in the front. I, 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 I remember a game at the, um, the old den, which quite perversely I used to love playing there all the abuse and things like the first thing I used to do was try and stick their full back into the fence so that because there was cages then you see mm. so that they'd be like Show you fucking black ball we're gonna kill you I was spit coming at you and, <laughs> and I would just take stand five yards back and just and it was a motivating thing like it fueled your <laughs> fire but no I, I, the contact thing and referees missing things and I remember at the old den I got a ball into my feet controlled it for once, laid it off, and then you could go bang, 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 and then a little midfielder called Les Briley topped me, you know, right above the shin pad, blood hobbling around for a while, and I clocked it. And I think I, think I must have been about 19 at the time. It, it took me four years, I think, to, to get revenge. And I'd had games in between, but I was waiting for that right moment. And there was a bouncing ball at the Hawthorns. I'd play, I was playing for West Bromwich Albion this time. And um, I was, it was, I saw that it was Les Briley and um, I just kicked him in the bollocks as hard as I could, <laughs> basically. <laughs> heard, a little, heard a little squeal, which gave me a, a, a lot, of, a lot of pleasure. But of course, hard as nails, he, he, he got up, you know, and I had to watch me back for the rest of the day. <laughs> like, you know. But it's, you know, it was, uh, no. It, so you, had a, so you, you, let, you left it four years and you still had him on your hit list. Vendetta. Oh God, yeah. An elephant never forgets you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> On the Millwall one, we had loads of people asking about a long-running feud with Keller, Casey Keller. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Even after I'd left Sunderland, that boy would go back to Roker Park or the Stadium of Light and the Sunderland fans would give him dog's abuse. They never forgot it, basically. Long story short, we're, um, we're away at the New Den by this time and... Um, my, it's funny, the altercations I had with goalkeepers, it, it, I, I guess it's not a coincidence really, but, but it seemed to be the goalkeepers that my first ever red card was on a goalkeeper. But um, yeah, Casey Keller, um, Millwall were 2-0 up and um, we scored literally uh, Sunderland three minutes from the end and you've got three minutes and 
time to just to throw the kitchen sink. So I, I was the one that closest ran into the back of the net to get the ball like you do. And Casey just got there ahead of me and he's got the ball and a bit of a wrestling match. And he, he struck, he's done that and he's just struck me this, just the faintest, didn't even hurt. But the, the, but the red mist come down and right hook. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, it was a, it was a right hook and <laughs> subtle or no, no, but it wasn't the best punch I've ever thrown. Oh, so it was, a, it was a glancer as well. Like, you know, he went down like a sack of spuds case. We laugh about it now. I've seen him many times since and there's no hard feelings. Um, but there's always that one, if you're going to get sent off for something like that, you want yeah. it to be a good, a good yeah, hook, you don't do. you? Casey Keller as well. Yeah, yeah. Casey Keller as well, he looked like a librarian, didn't you know? Because he still yeah. had, he was bald but kept it. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool, yeah. over. Yeah, it was, it was a thing then, wasn't it? That yeah. Bald but keep it. No, so, no, but he got dog's abuse for years, as, 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 as you would know. But uh, yeah, I, I haven't got an issue with him. No. Did you get sent off? Yes, yes, yes. Well, you were one down for the last three minutes of onslaught. Yeah, three game ban. Yeah, great. <laughs> at least he went down, though. It would have been he even more embarrassing yeah, if he just went he, and laughed at you. I think he probably felt a bit sorry for me that I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your best one, that dog? Is that all you've got? I'm going to go feet. down for your benefit, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, not because yeah. you put us down. People at home still think you're hard. <laughs> Obviously, you talked about winning the league and obviously the tragic events that, that followed that yeah. straight after paled football into totally, significance totally yeah and 56 people died yeah that day. Absolutely. a good friend of yours i yeah, believe as well absolutely yeah uh, it must be something etched but it'll stick with you the pain never leaves you but i got tickets for two beautiful young girls um that didn't make it out it was, the, it was a celebration it was the last game of the season the trophy presentation i wanted all the people that i could close to me just to be there and enjoy the celebration because it was going to be a party and we knew how to party that group of lads i've already said and of course it all went horribly, horribly wrong. And mm. um, I think about the girls a lot and, you know, what they'd be doing and how their life would have turned out. And it's, it is painful. And even, you know, the rest of the other 54, you know, we had to go to funeral after funeral after funeral. Um, it brought us closer together. Uh, a lot of tears have been shed by all of us. Um, but we were a band of brothers and, and that's why one of the reasons that we were able to pull together and actually play football because as you said, it's it's meaningless. But you mm. felt like you were representing the city, the people, um, and actually the whole of Yorkshire and, and football came together. And that, and that's you get these tragedies in football where divides are put aside and everybody comes together. And 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 that was one of them. But yeah, very 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 painful. Um, that'll never leave me till the day I die. Mm. Mm. Did you feel that it was tough for some of the lads to to continue? I think we all dealt with it differently, like you do with grief and, and tragedy. Um, I locked myself in my bedroom for two weeks and just cried my eyes out for two weeks, you know, until I couldn't, didn't have any more tears to shed. And then you've, like I said, you have to start putting a face on and going to funerals and things like that. I think everybody dealt with it the best that they could in different, yeah. different ways. Um, you're not, you're not supposed to have to deal with stuff like that, are you? Yeah. We're not, you know tragic we all die we know that but for those 56 to go that way and of course there were hundreds uh, of other people that got severely burnt that changed their lives forever as well and that's let's not forget about mm. uh, those people so it's etched in history i think lessons were were learned you always have to try and find some kind of modicum of positivity 
Um, that sort of a fire couldn't possibly happen in a football stadium now because of that day. Yeah. And that's literally all you've got, isn't it? Mm. It's a shame that I took that yeah. for the, the change. Yeah. Did you get help after? Was there somebody that... Uh... Chris, you didn't in those days, did you really? Um, you had your family. We had each other. Um, and you dealt with it. And, uh, you know, now it's it's great. This general, I, I love the fact that talk, even if you are perceived as the hardest man on the planet, talk. Talk out your problems, you know, seek help if you need help. And that's available to lads now. And it wasn't available really then. So it was kind of, you dealt with it um, within your close circle, you know, your family, your family and your friends really. And, and obviously the lads. Back to what you were saying before about the, the racial abuse that you used to get at that time. Was that, was it ever discussed in the changing room or from managers? Was it something um, elephant in the room? Nobody talked was, about it. Yeah, probably a little bit like that. Um, it, it, you had to be thick-skinned, you know. But by the time I started playing, people like Cyril Regis, Brendan Batson, Laurie Cunningham, particularly Clyde Best at West Ham, Albert Johansson at Leeds, they, they, these were these were guys that, that they bore the brunt of it, really. John Barnes, you know, a famous picture of him flick back heeling a banana off the pitch and stuff like that, really. So they dealt with it and um, paved the way for my generation. And now, although there is still a bit of a problem, it's isolated incidents. Um, there were grounds that you knew you were gonna go and play football where you just knew. Um, my biggest shock, and I'm not gonna name the club because I don't think that would be fair because I'm going back to the mid eighties. So 30, 30 years ago, 30 odd years ago, I was playing in a, a league cup game at Valley Parade, warming up just down the touchline, got out, started, and there was the most vile, you know, song sang in my direct direction. And I, I remember being shocked that I hadn't experienced that previously. Song um, as well, so that's everybody's getting involved. In everybody it. was getting involved, isolated. yeah. Yeah, everybody's wasn't, no, no. And I guess that was a shock, but it probably made it so that nothing was ever going to be worse than that. You know, and I think, I think in general terms, we had to be more resilient than the kids do today, this generation. And I don't say that disparagingly. It's just the way that it was. I'm talking that's not footballers, human beings, really, in that day. You, you just had to be that, mm. that bit more resilient. And again, you deal with these things in, in, in your own way. I know that things that would upset youngsters today, water off a duck's back to me, you know. Did it ever get to you? No. 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 The shock of that incident that I spoke about, I was numb for about a minute. And then it was right, hang on a minute, you might be going on here, snap out of it sort of thing, do your warm-up and and on you go. Um, as I say, that was the worst I ever ever received it. I was quite young and nothing was ever going to be as, as bad. So, no, I'll tell you what it did. It fueled your fire. Yeah. It was a motivation. Bring it on. I spoke about the the old den and um, partly self-inflicted by leaving one on the fullback, I guess, you know, but I knew what, I knew what was coming. It was insightful on my part. So you reap what you sow, don't you? Yeah. Obviously two more years at Bradford and yeah. then uh, West Brom come along. Yeah. The, the, the time had come. Uh, I was 20. Um, it was a natural parting really. They could get 50 grand for me that when they already, and bearing in mind the size of the squads then, you know, were, were, were pretty small. So it was, it was evident that Ian Ormanroyd was, was, was going to start more often than not. So ventures new in West Bromwich Albion. I mean, 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Huge club. Um, club that I'd admired because of, as I said, the three degrees back in the, the day. <laughs> Cyril, Brendan and, and, and Laurie. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't write it, could you? I used to scribble WBA on my, on my school books as well as Leeds United. I messed up that, innit, really? <laughs> but uh, but uh, no, it was a no-brainer. Massive, massive club. They'd been relegated, obviously, out of the top league. Uh, Ron Saunders uh, was, was the gaffer. And uh, I remember going to negotiate. Um, no agent. Just a 20-year-old boy in a room with Ron Saunders. It was a fearsome man. And I had um, had to borrow a teammate's car to get down the M6 because mine wasn't reliable enough, I didn't believe, you know. I think it was a Talbot Sunbeam at the time, you know, 15-year-old. Um, so I, I don't know what a Talbot Sunbeam is. <laughs> <Sounds good. laughs> yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, so I get down the M6 uh, and I get ushered into Ron Saunders's, uh, and I'd been on 160 quid a week at, at Bradford at the end. And I remember driving down thinking, come on, double your money, 300 quid. 300 quid. That, that's 300 quid, but that was the... That's what you had in your mind. That's what I, I thought, come on, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we get we get in there and Ron Saunders uh, sits me down. He says, uh, suppose I better tell you what I'm going to pay you. I went, Mr. Saunders, that'd be nice. Thank you very much. And um, he said, I'm going to give you £275 a week, uh, £50 appearance. How does that sound? And I thought, have you got the cojones? <laughs> Ron Saunders, 20-year-old, one of the hardest managers people in history. And I went, come on. I went, ah. Mr. Saunders, I was I was rather hoping for, for £300 a week. Um, you know, I, I, that's what I had in, in my mind. And he went, hmm. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you your £300 a week. Twenty-five pound appearance, and we'll call. I went deal. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the same deal, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and I got O level maths as well. To be fair, I don't know what happened that day. Fear when when fear gives you brain fog, and and that was it. But I, I had a brilliant time at, at West Bromwich Albion. Did you fit in with the with the lads in the dressing room straight away? Who, yeah, there was. Who we got in those? Carlton Palmer there at that time. Carlton was there. Yeah, yeah. Carlton, absolutely. Character. Was he like, was he like, <laughs> was he, was he Carlton Palmer back then like he's Carlton Palmer now? Basically, yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah, we, he's, he, he couldn't drink either. And obviously as it was in the days where you did socialise and you'd, you'd catch him feeding the plants like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And fair play to him, but uh, no, he was a good player. Um, Ron Atkinson had, had, had come in as well and, and, and gone out. You have this thing with it. Whenever you mention Ron Atkinson, you ought to clear it up, really, but about, about that racial slur. But given that we were just talking about race, and Ron, how can the man who gave Cyril Regis, Brendan Batson, and Laurie Cunningham, how can he be a racist? He made a mistake, but I think the penalty for the mistake that he made is 
he he hasn't really worked again since, no. has he? Mm. And he's not a racist. And um, you know, I I when I'm speaking, actually, I give um, the audience three reasons why he's not a racist. One is um, uh, Dalian Atkinson, nickname was uh, Son of Ron, um, and they just had this incredible incredible relationship. Um, the other one is the three degrees angle. And the last one is always Carlton, which has brought me around to this story. Because Carlton, you know, Carlton wasn't the sharpest pencil but in the in the box. Um, this is a man I'm talking about who continued to drive his sponsored car after he'd been banned for drink driving. <laughs> and it was a big Vauxhall Carlton with the name Carlton Palmer Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> Down the side, like, <laughs> must, must have thought he was invisible or something. I don't, I don't really know. But whenever, um, whenever Carlton got into scrapes like that, Big Ron, Big Ron would put an arm around him and, and take him out of the limelight away to his country mansion and, and, and just, just get him out of the, out of the way a little bit for a, for a little while, just to take the heat off. So, so th there's three reasons why. To be fair, Carlton said exactly the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was a great man. But yeah, Carlton was in there. Derek Statham was in there. What a remarkable left-back he was. He talked about unlucky, being in the same era as Kenny Sampson. Incredible, what a talent. Martin Bennett was still there. Um, Paul Dyson, you talk about fearsome. I think I was more scared of Paul Dyson than any man I've ever met, to be honest. He was a, a man mountain and a black belt in um, martial arts. And if you give you that stare... Just leave, <laughs> leave quickly. Did you ever see him yeah, go? No. Luckily, I was quicker than him. So, uh, <laughs> did yeah. You ever, did you ever see him lose his shit? Oh God, yeah, yeah. On and off the pitch, yeah. It was, it was, it was scary, but not, not in the manner where he took it too far. Because we, we do have, there are stories, aren't there, where people have have taken things too far. But it was more the in, hanging people on dressing room hooks and shaking them and <laughs> the stare and the aggression in the. You did, you, he was not not to be messed with, not to be messed with. But, uh, and I, I had, um, no, I It was, and it was one of them, literally. And you, obviously, that's the big, the big difference now between modern football. There's none. There's none of that. No. There's none of the teacups thrown and pinning people against the dressing room wall if they've lost their man from a corner and it's cost you your win bonus <laughs> and stuff, shit like that. I think, so, still, I think there's still a place for it. There is a place for it, but I spoke earlier about. And again, I'm not being disparaging. I need to make that clear. This generation is different. They're not, they're not as resilient, I don't think, because they don't, they haven't had to be. Yeah, really. Um, I would go as far as say, not resilient. I would go, go as far as say, soft as a tub of spunk. <laughs> well, your words, John. And, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'll leave that to the general public to decide whether I agree with you or uh, or not. <laughs> Going back to Brian Talbot, was he player manager? Yeah. And did yeah. it work? Because it's not yeah. done now, is it? No. Player managers. No, no. Uh, it, it did work, actually. Yeah. Um, it was the best period in my sort of four and a half, five years at West Brom. Um, Big Ron had brought him in, Ron Atkinson, but he had gone off to um, Spain again. And <laughs> he tells everybody, he does, he tells everybody, Ron Atkinson, that the reason he left was the, the, the Saturday before uh, we'd played Barnsley and lost 1-0 and I'd, I'd been clean through 17 times. I'd 17 one-on-ones and didn't, didn't score. So he, he reckons I'm the reason that he pissed off practice. <laughs> <laughs> Can't work with these. Um, but yeah, Brian, who, who had been brought in to play, 
Um, ended up having a couple of caretaker games in charge. It went well and he got the job. And we had an incredible season. We were top of the league on New Year's Day one year and it all it all went pear-shaped. One of the, I'm not saying it's a big reason, but a small reason. We played Everton in the FA Cup at the Hawthorns and that was the Everton that was winning league titles and winning FA Cups and winning trophies. And we batted them and we, and we drew 1-1. Neville Southall was was incredible. I ran them ragged. And then the replay at Goodison Park, which obviously would have been in the January, I think late January, I think it was the fourth round. Reedy in the first five minutes just said, let's sort this kid out and bang, put his foot through me, high, ankle flipped, uh, had to go off and was out for, I'm going to say 10 weeks, something like that. I think they won that replay 1-0 and we never really scored enough goals when I was out to to maintain that push, I think we, when I came back, I think we were, I think we were eighth or ninth, something like that, you know. So yeah, but but Brian Brian did well. But then of course the Woking FA Cup defeat at the Hawthorns came around, and you, you're not going to survive well, that. that. It. And, and it's actually a great opportunity for me to make it clear to anybody watching that I wasn't playing in that game. <laughs> Just for the record. <laughs> but yeah, he, he couldn't survive that. But no, it was a great period. He put he put little Gary Robson, who had been a central midfielder, up front alongside me. And we just we just ran defences ragged, literally, uh, as well. And there was some quality in behind. And um, Did it ever subconsciously cloud your judgment, though? You know, with the character that you just described, let's just say, ball comes in, back to goal... And Ryan told he, he's open over there, but if it wasn't the gaffer who might hang you up on a hook, <laughs> you, might try, you might try and turn him, but the gaffer's open, I've got to give it him. I was never that player. I was never I was never that that goals. They were great, but they weren't my they weren't my everything. They mm. never were from the beginning and they never were right at the end. I took as much pleasure as squaring it for a tap in to my teammate as as anything, no, I, wish, I wish they had the assist count when I was playing. That was uh, I that, used that. to get that with tackling, Don. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I used to love that. So, but you never used to get that bonus, though, Don, did you? you know, I was on. I wasn't on a gold bonus. Um, well, that, that's probably the reason. Yeah, yeah. I, think yeah. Might have been a lot <laughs> I think I'm just trying to think. The only place I ever was on a gold bonus, I think it might have been in Japan, and I think I only scored two, so that, that didn't work either. <laughs> so, um, but no, I, I, I would have passed to um, to Brian Tolbert. I was listening to Talk Sport. Speaking of strikers, uh, yesterday Darren Bent was on, and he scored over 200 goals, and he he said he can remember everyone. Yeah, and Tony Cotty's another one. He, he used to write his goals down in a book, Tony TC, and um, <laughs> Brian did the same on a napkin <laughs> on a fucking first class stamp. <laughs> You teed him up for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I I I can only remember a handful. Obviously, the meaningful ones, really. So basically, if Brian Talbot was in a better position than me, I would. I would what did he? Um, what did? Because I've never seen a player manager thing work. What was his main thing? Why he did well as a player manager? He was a good player. He was a good player, and he had the respect yeah. of being a good player. You know, he'd been at Arsenal all those years. Ipswich had success. Um, and we respected him as a as a as a as a player. Um, and like all ten years over a period of time, there comes a point where managers are going to have a bad patch and struggle to turn it around, and so on and so forth. And this thing where a manager gets sacked and you get the new manager bounce, it was starting to become a thing around about that that time. I would say really where it became a 
<clears throat> became a thing. So he was a great example of a, man, a player manager that 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 worked. Um, and then I had another one at Sunderland who you remember those days, Terry Butcher, who was a player manager that 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 didn't work. So I think I'm I'm fifty percent success ratio at the minute. Just have a quick minute, gents, for a message from one of our sponsors for this week's episode. Not VPN. One of my favourite VPN service. We've got another uh, story of a satisfied customer yeah, as well, haven't as we? Well, yeah, one of Matty's yeah. mates. What was it? Was he Spain? I believe he was telling us. He was in Viva España and he wanted to watch a three o'clock game, I believe. No, it was no, just it was Sky. Sky. Normal Sky he Go. He wanted to watch his Sky Go while on holiday. He wanted to watch a match. Couldn't watch it. Oh, I remember. No, no VPN. Signed up with a code Kosh. He bounced it, didn't he? I know that's your normal Bounced your his location back to the UK. All of a sudden, he's watching match. Feet up with a San Miguel. No brainer, innit? Oh. Especially with the offer. And I wouldn't have even thought, if I go abroad and I can't get Sky go to walk, work within 10 seconds, I'm, go, I'm putting my phone down or whatever and going to the bar. And yeah, wandering around, wandering around looking for that chalkboard. Yeah. With that chalk. No, I've not got it. Not got it on. Keep walking, keep walking. Excellent. Obviously, that, that, that's not the only benefits. There's the military-style security for all your passwords, your bank details, all the information you don't want people to know. You can have that lock and key tightened away. Nobody's getting the dirty mitts on it. And I think it goes without saying, we have got an offer, haven't we, Chris? Oh, well, we're not going to carry on without saying it, are we? <laughs> because if you go to www.nordvpn.com slash kosh, get this. Four months free. No way. Pick That's your jaws up. Four months free, plus 30-day money-back guarantee if you don't like it. Outstanding. I don't think we exactly. need to say anything else. <laughs> I, I, I am honestly speechless at that. Yeah. Well, should we leave it at that then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone mentioned to ask about Bobby Gold's boxing. <laughs> <laughs> so Bobby, uh, Bobby is, we all know Bobby. Bobby's a character and he, he won't mind me saying <clears throat> a little bit wacky. I think that's a yeah. fair assessment, not mainstream. Um, one day we were, we basically, we had a, we were having a training session um, at the back of the ground actually. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't great quality. It wasn't going well. He wasn't liking what he saw. Colin West was chirping because Westy was, he could have a chirp. And Bobby's, stop, 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 stop the training. And he went, right, all of you lot, back here, two o'clock, train again, we'll do it properly. It's like, oh, we're all going, Westy, you big. (laughs) 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 Playing golf this afternoon. (laughs) All that, like, you know. And um, anyway, so we all abuse Westy, go back in and, Two o'clock was at least a couple of hours away, if not two and a half, three hours away. So I was sat around messing about, having a bit of lunch, blah, blah. Anyway, we went back out to training, walk up this track to get to this uh, playing field that we were training on and um, no sign of Bobby Gould. It's fucking two o'clock and it's five past two. It's keeping his weight. So I'll oh, go on, we'll have, start warming up like you do. Do a couple of laps. Anyway, you see him walking up the up this track with two carrier bags in, in his in his hands, walking up like that. Get in here, you lot. Make a circle. Big circle. <laughs> and he chucked this carrier bag at Colin West. He went, you. Westy opened the bag, 
pulled out a pair of boxing gloves. <laughs> Put them on. We're going to sort this out now, me and you. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I'm like, there's a part of you that, that wants to intervene, but then <laughs> there's a the perverse part. part of you. That <laughs> fancy seeing a bit of this. <laughs> <laughs> So Bobby, Bobby pulls his, uh, he pulls his, uh, his gloves on. He's the old, you know. <laughs> Westy still hasn't put his gloves on. He's got, Gaffer, come on, don't be silly. He went, no, I'm, put them on. Gaffer, are you, are you serious? He went, me and you now. Come on. So, Westy goes, puts his gloves on and all that. Right, let's go. Goldie come, takes two steps forward. Westy goes, don't. <laughs> Bobby goes, <laughs> We're all shoulders going and um, fair play to Bobby. Get, picks himself up, takes the gloves off and says to that's that sorted then. <laughs> <laughs> Respect. Respect. I can just, see my, I can just I'm just thinking of Scrappy Doo. You know, when he's like, <laughs> put him up, put him up. Equality. One punch bomb. Good speeds. I don't know where you've got that from. That's a good, good intel. We do get a few gems through, yeah. don't we? Yeah. We do. We do. Yeah. When was it when you started getting, thinking about moving, getting a move from West Brom? Um, there had been lots of rumours because I, I was scoring a lot of goals in a shit team, you know, to be fair. Yeah. And that's, we were, we finished fourth bottom one season and I scored 21 league goals in 38 games. Um... You can't remember the actual goals, but you can remember the stats. Well, that was that's the best I ever did. Right. That's the only reason. I know that I got I know that I got twenty three times, and that was the best one. So I got twenty one, twenty, and a twenty, and that was the best one. That's the only reason I promise you that I remember that. Um, but there were always um, room. Leeds, I think Leeds had Howard Wilkinson two or three bids turned down. Trevor Francis at Sheffield Wednesday. Are you kicking up a fuss there? With it, and this know, is being the thing, club. Peter Reid at Man City. No. And that's the difference. That's the difference now. Mm-hmm. Um, you play football to get to the best level that you possibly can. Um, and obviously you'll know, I never played in the Premier League or the top division. But the, there were opportunities. And in those days, the manager would call you in the office, so we've had a bid from Leeds, we've turned it down, you're not going anywhere. And you'd say, thanks for letting me know. I'll keep giving my giving my all and that literally is the way the way that it went I think there were half a dozen bids from Premier League clubs throughout my time at, at West Brom and Sunderland in the main mm-hmm. uh, those periods of time and because it was different then yeah it, 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 it was different then you didn't kick up a fuss you didn't have agents rumble you know going to the press and leaking yeah. stories and causing disruptions you didn't that came after after that period in my life but you Top goal scorer this season at Sunderland. So you continued it? Well, I, half a season. I finished top score. I signed for them right. in the December. I scored 11 goals. Um, and again, I only remember this because I was top <laughs> scorer. So, but I don't remember the goal. I do remember one or two of the goals. Um, but yeah. Um, and that was this. what makes this more impressive is that I'd signed for Sunderland in the December the 5th, was put in a hotel in the middle of Durham with Anton Rogan and John Byrne. And we were on the lash all the time, literally, except from Thursday onwards. Yeah. And that—that that is the God's honest. And um, Christmas parties and, you know, I put half a stone on in three months 
at Sunderland, drink it, real ale. I discovered the real <laughs> ale up there. I'd, I'd always been sort of, started off as cider, a bit weak really, went on to sort of lager. You were on the twig beer by the time you got to Sunderland? Castle Eden, Brownie knows what yeah. I'm coming from there. Yeah, it was, I've uh, done Castle Eden now. I've done yeah. Stone in three weeks, done round festive beer. Right? <laughs> and I had, to, I had to start wearing my shirt out at me. <laughs> at my shorts and, and all I, I soon changed but I did I scored 11 goals at the end of that season was top scorer yeah so while you're doing that you get away with it don't you we speak about lads who've been unlucky signing somewhere and whatever but you were cup tied weren't you <laughs> had a few stupid rule yeah and um, someone got the final 90, was it 92 92 yeah so I signed in the December I'd played for West Brom in the first round we beat them Marlow 6-0 um, did you score? I scored two I think two um, can't remember the goals just before you asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then yeah, signed for signed for Sunderland. That was the next step. You know, I'm by this time I'm thinking you you need to give yourself a chance of playing in the top league. Wasn't happening really at West Brom. Dennis Smith at Sunderland was allowed to sort of break the record, and um, the only negative at all was that I was I was cup tied. Um, and I went to every game away, home and away. And I celebrated with the fans, the players. I had the best time, you, to be fair. And I got a suit. I was, no, I was too young. Probably. A bit young, weren't you? Yeah. Goodman shirt big. on. Hey, there, is a, there, about, is a, uh, there is a big bad Don t-shirt out there. <laughs> <doing away>. Somebody <laughs> mentioned that, hasn't yeah. <laughs> it? bad Don t-shirt. Talking about uh, Bobby Campbell being a hard, hard yeah. lad. Borley and Mick Harford. Oh, yeah. Borley fractured my toe in one of the early training sessions because he played as he trained and I made sure that I was on his side for every fiver side that I ever played after. <laughs> Did you never put him back on the it list? No, no I thought no, 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 it wasn't. No, I mean, joking aside, I think the hard man by then was probably going out of, you couldn't really get away with the things that you used to be able to, which was a quick transition from sort of the mid eighties when I started to sort of the early, 93, it's, 94. It's mad, that, because like, that's your early generation and you always say Kevin Ball, mm. Nick Hartford, when I watch them. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. They were hard yeah, men hard. and they'd get into people. Well, but now you're saying that's when it kind of teetering out. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's when it was teetering out, but they were still hard. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They still, Borley, Borley was the same size as me, played centre-half, struck the fear of God in strikers. He was hard, proper. I, but what I'm saying is in an era where not many really were anymore, Mm. But he was hard as nails, Borley. Um, we had <laughs> we had a Christmas party, and we went to the um, the quayside at Newcastle. I'm not sure what a great idea that was, really. But uh, anyway, we went over there. Just to, this is Borley's hardness, and um, hammered in the bar, one of the bars. Stink bomb gets let off by one of our lads. Bounces are over. Hand on, sh hand on shoulder here, and I go like that. I catch this bouncer, and he fucking lay lays into me, gets me on the floor. I think the bouncers knew who we were, and they were looking for anything. Yeah. yeah. And that, the minute that stink bomb <laughs> stink went off, we, we were we were in trouble. I, I, on, my, on my life to this day, I still don't know who dropped let that stink bomb off because they were known up right. And um, keys, so wallet, phone, <laughs> stink bomb. Yeah. Don't forget the stink bomb, lad. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. So uh, anyway, I'm, they've pulled me down and they're starting laying the boot in to me. These about three bouncers, you know. Kevin Ball dives on top of me, 
dove on top of me on the floor and took a kick in for me. And he ended up having to, he certainly had cuts and, and bruises. He might have needed stitches. Maybe. Oh, but man. anyway, he, 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 um, I get another hand on the shoulder when I'm on the street and I go like that. Policeman. Oof. Knocked his cap off. <laughs> <laughs> Come with me, son. <laughs> <laughs> they took me in, chuck me in a cell overnight, sober up. Sleep it off. Sleep it off. Slap yeah. on the wrist and off you yeah. go. Yeah. We but, get back to the club. Yeah. Yeah. It was in the papers, actually, but it wasn't, they didn't make a mountain out of it. It wasn't, it could have been made more of a big deal than it actually was. Because it don't sound great, does it? Let's no, have it right. Nah. But, uh, you know, it genuinely was innocent in terms of hand on shot, get off, that kind of a get off yeah. thing, you know. So Surprise Bolly didn't go, I'll go in the cell for you. <laughs> He let me down that night. Yeah, yeah. I can but, just imagine uh, the headlines. Like, Don yeah. Goodman on the rampage in uh, Newcastle, yeah. letting off stink bombs and knocking <laughs> off policemen's hats. I know. I know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it would be now. <laughs> all over Twitter and Facebook, all of them social media, yeah. That's how yeah. I think about this thought, bro. Tom's getting a kick in there. Fuck it. I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> I, hope, I hope the next time me and him are getting a do when you just lie on top of both of us. No, definitely. But I mean, hard, hard as nails. And, and Mick Harford, I played up front with Mick. Oh my goodness, hard. hard. He just looks hard, doesn't he? I mean, but Bowley he, looks but hard, he is, but Mick looks Harford. It and he is hard. And he came from that generation. Before the hard me. generation. That, that harder generation where hard as nails. And it's great to see that he's recovered, you know, from, from his cancer and that. And he's on the mend. And uh, But what a man. No, we had we had a good dressing room, actually. Did you like it up there? Apart from when they let stink bombs off. But, uh, <laughs> Was it another it. Christmas three, party? Honestly, three years of... I, I, I try and... I, I struggle for the words, actually. When people say, well, what's it like up there? Obviously, passionate and all that. It's beyond passion. Passion's not strong enough for the, 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 the Sunderland fans, the North East fans in general, actually. Um... It's, it's like a religion. You, you know better than me. It's just, and when you try and put it into words, it's very difficult to describe. It's a little bit like Vegas. You describe Vegas to somebody <laughs> that's never been to Vegas. Where do you start sort of thing? So, yeah, I had three incredible years up there. The fans were unbelievable. Put me on a pedestal. Loved, loved the way I played. Left it all out there. And, um, yeah, step. Still go. Went back there first game of the season at Covenant. Still get really well received. It's it's lovely. Yeah, never forget it. I mentioned being unlucky, being cup tied, but you left before we were good, really, as well. Before we <laughs> yeah. came in. Not my fault. <laughs> Not my fault. Um, no, again, you're, you're pursuing the dream. I, I basically was scoring a lot of goals in an average team, you know, and middle to bottom of the league. And it's not, I'm, you know, that was the time for me to sort of, Give it my best shot. Wolves came calling. And did you just come down when you signed as well, Sunderland? Yes. So you yes and expected more. To expected go back, yeah. back up. Expected more. Yeah. Um, and it just it just never. We had Dennis obviously got the sack after three weeks. Um, that makes logical sense. That doesn't it? Let a manager double the transfer record and then sack him three weeks later. But that's a, <laughs> that's another one. Um, Crozer went in, as you know. Brilliant run to the cup final, got the job. Crozer 
will forgive me for saying not managerial material, brilliant coach. And then we all know a number of them that are better coaches than mm-hmm. managers. That's Malcolm Crosby for non-Sunland fans. Yeah. Crosby. Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm Crosby, yeah. Um, and then uh, Butch, Terry Butch went in and he just just didn't work. He just, he couldn't inspire. Um Famous game. This we were playing against Kevin Keegan's Kevin Keegan's brilliant Newcastle. That was the year that they broke records in the championship and things like that. So the games at St James's Park. It's around about April. It's live on a Sunday afternoon. We're in mid-table. They've already won the league. The only thing we've got to play for for the rest of the season is to is to go to St James's and and Butch. And I'm only telling this just to. Well, because it's funny, really, but um, <laughs> and he'll forgive me. But you know, we we normal pre-match routine: um, go to a hotel, have your pre-match, go to the ground, blah 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 blah. So it's one of those days. But we're having our pre-match. We go for the pre-match, and there's no sign of Terry Butcher. And you're like, you know, where's the gaffer? Um, nowhere to be seen. We get on the team bus to go to St James's Park. No Terry Butcher. It's a gaffer like, you know. We arrive at St. James's Park, we go into the away changing room. No Terry Butcher. Now this is getting kizzy. We go out to look at the pitch like you do, as is tradition. And then we come back into the changing room at St. James's Park and there's Terry Butcher. Shaved all his hair off. Now he had a boof, didn't he? Butch had a, <laughs> he had a boof. <laughs> so he sheared it all off, a lot of it. And he sat us all down and he said, uh, how do you think I've done this? Do you think I've done this? Because the wife likes this style. No. He said, I've done this because today I'm a commando. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at your reaction. (laughs) And that was the (laughs) reaction. So you've been in football dressing rooms and you know when something like that is said... You're looking at the gaffer. The first thing you do is. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, then you have a peek like that. And you, and you see all the other shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said today, he said, I'm a commando. And we're going to come into this godforsaken place. And we're going to kick the shit out of this rubbish lot and do them. And then we're going to get the fuck out of here quick. We got battered, lads. We got absolutely <laughs> battered. But we did, we did get the fuck out of there quick. To be fair. So uh, yeah, so it never, it never quite worked for for for, for Terry. Um, and then Mick Buxton, Mick Buxton came in. <laughs> yeah, Mick Buxton wasn't a commando, um, and he had his ideas. But again, it wasn't a great period. And he was the one that allowed me to leave. Actually, um, to Wolves. Yeah, it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't great. And Wolves, as I say, they were the money team of the championship. They had Steve Froggett on the left wing, Tony Daly on the right wing, Steve Bull, David Kelly up front, Jeff Thomas in midfield. Good team. Mm. Good team going for it, though. But clearly going for it. Spend yeah. it. All of those lads that I've named, they paid over a million quid for or whatever. It was a no-brainer for me. They were about fifth pushing for, um, for, the, the, for automatic or, if not, into the playoffs. Um, and Graham Taylor sold a, sold a football club to me. It was a no-brainer given how things were going at Sunderland and given that I wanted to get to the Premier League. And, mm. and, and that was the reason I left. And some Sunderland fans understood it and 
some didn't like it, as is as is Always natural. Yeah, natural. One point one million the bird. They actually the paid one point four. It's not out there really, but the, the initial one was one point two, and then after twenty games, another hundred grand. Then after twenty games, more oh. another hundred grand. So they actually got one point four in the end. Just to make myself sound better than I actually was. <laughs> um, so if you want to alter my Wikipedia, anybody watching this, you are, you, you are most welcome. Do mine as well while you're on. Had a two in between the one for the twelve goals in his career. Uh, I don't know the con- controversies, not the goals. Oh, all the shagging and that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how was uh, was Graham Taylor with you personally? Because uh, we had Tony Daly on, who said his man management for him personally was unbelievable. Knew that he needed the arm round him. Yeah. Knew that he, that he needed his confidence building. Yeah. And was that something that you found personally? I loved him. I loved him. Um, I'd run through a brick wall for him. He was very motivational. I thought he had a tough deal with the press. I heard you talking about the turn. It been one of your uh, earlier yeah. podcasts and that, that was so far beyond um acceptable it's 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 unbelievable and and the big thing that he was fighting against on the back of that was that the national press were always at wolves games in the second tier that's unheard of yeah but they were there waiting for mm-hmm. graham taylor to fail so they could go more go more and that's why ultimately when we lost in the playoffs um against bolton didn't get off to a great start the next season. That's why the media were on it. The fans bought into the media's side of things. The chairman was weak and he got rid of Graham Taylor. And it, and it was one of the worst things, worst decisions in Wolves' modern history to get rid of him because he went to Watford, who were in League One at the time, got them promoted into the Championship and then into the Premier League in two seasons, back mm. to back. Yeah, And I think that... that is a, a sort of an in-your-face sort of statement from, from from Graham Taylor. Not to be messed with. Not to be messed with. One of the biggest rants I've ever seen was at half-time um, in an FA Cup game. We went to Mansfield Town and they were 2-0 up at half-time. And uh, you kind of knew what was coming. It was one of those where you get in there before the gaffer and put the towel over your suit. <laughs> you closed. You kind of know what's coming. And he came in, and you know them blue Lucasade bottles, and they come in a metal stand, don't they? Yeah. And there's usually six in a... And he came in, and he gave one of them the biggest kicking. Uh, full, didn't hold back, just welled it. Lucasade went everywhere. Uh, you know, thank fuck, I Sticky put my towel over my clothes. Sticky. <laughs> And he just went nuts. It was full ball, maniac eyes. You, you knew we better, we better go and um, win this. Anyway, we, we, we did. We won 3-2. But that was an incredible rant. And we, we found out the next day that he'd, he'd broke his toe. <laughs> <laughs> broke his, he just came in. He was, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, he must have been angry. Because if you go not leading up to it, you're thinking, I'm going to look like I'm going to kick it hard, but I'm putting the handbrake oh, on yeah, last yeah, second. Yeah, last yeah, second. Yeah, but exactly. if you're going full throttle, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's gone, I think it? I should have gone studs for the <laughs> yeah. I, I think he, he got away with that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a milkman's thing, yeah. you know, a metal thing. Yeah, just to... yeah absolutely. But he, he was one of those um, caring so he did care for you as a player. He cared for you as an individual. He cared, he wanted to know about your family. He cared for you. 
And that really shone through. And that's why when I say to you, I would have run through a brick wall for yeah. the fella. Mm. Is that how you memory. needed to be managed as a player? I mean, we speak about man management all the time. Uh, what got the best out of you? Uh, if I'm good, that's fine. Dumbs, if I need to kick up the arse, give me a kick up the arse. It was so, and it goes way back to my reversing to the Bradford days where Trevor Cherry was management. Good, good cop, bad cop. You've seen that act before, haven't you? Terry Orrath was the assistant manager. Taff, my God. He played in that Leeds team of the 70s. He was hard, but he was hard physically and he was hard verbally. And he came to see me after I'd, um, when I was 16 playing in the, I said I played in the juniors on a Saturday morning. And anyway, a couple of, um, the, the, the manager and, and him came and st st stood at the side of a, a, a junior game. And it was a cold, wet, muddy day. And a couple of balls went over my head and um, <laughs> went over my head. And I, I, I just didn't get my head on him or whatever. And, and at half time, he, before leaving for the first team game, he made a point of coming in and in front of all the lads digging me out. Well, she was. You don't want to get that fucking afro dirty, do you? <laughs> fucking. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, like, you know. And it, and it was one of them, if, if I'd have been capable of going red, I probably would have, <laughs> would have really. But, um, but it motivated me. And it, it motivated me. And actually, Heading went on to become one of my strengths in football, you know, really. But so I, I, I responded to the, the, the harder side of when when I needed a, yeah. a kick up the arse absolutely no or problem fair as well like you say if yeah, you yeah, did well yeah you you wanted to be absolutely. told which is what we all want in that absolutely. just a bit of fairness the best the best coaches and managers have that balance that they get right you know and that's that's life's about a balance isn't it mm. yeah so if you want to criticize me and you want to I've been pinned up against dressing room walls I've had teacups thrown I've been called racist names by my managers back 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 in the day racist terms that weren't intended to be racist. So in those days, it was like, it was the same as calling Stuart McCall a ginger bastard or Brian Talbot a big-nosed bastard or, or whatever. And it wouldn't be perceived that way now, but I didn't, I, my theory is like, let me tell you when I'm offended. If I thought it was a racist thing, I'll, t I'll tell you, you know. But um, yeah, so harsh criticism uh but fair criticism I, I there's nothing wrong with that but but I, I speak to some of my old teammates that's in that side of the game and I say to them you must you must find it hard having to molly coddle and not go for somebody that you want to go yeah. for and all that and they go sometimes you know but yeah mm. it's the world we live in I spoke about that the other day youth team coaches aren't allowed to God dear. be like that imagine man Mm, and that's why they're all soft as a tub of spunk. Yeah. <laughs> How were you um, received at Wolves with the US Brom connection? Yeah, good. Um, obviously, it's, it's, it's a very political divide and I, I genuinely, and this is from, from the heart, I can put my hand on my heart and say I am 50-50 with those two football clubs. Mm. And I believe I earned the right to be. I had five years at one and four years at another and I left it all. I spilt blood for both of them. You know, and most reasonable fans are absolutely fine. Generally, the Wolves fans are, are fine anyway, because I was there last. <clears throat> there is a younger element of West Brom fans that hate me for that, because they never saw me spill blood. They never saw me yeah. play. They never saw me break bones, mm. you know, play on with a 
broken shoulder, not miss a game, play on with a cracked rib, a broken toe. They never saw that. So they have this perception that I'm just a traitor that went off to play for Wolves. But it's only a minority. So the reason that I say that is I had it confirmed, really. When West Brom got promoted to the Premier League three seasons ago now, under Slaven Bilic, it was in COVID times. And I had commentated on the game and I was walking to my car, which had to be parked about half a mile away from the ground. And of course, illegally, they shouldn't have been, but the West Brom fans were converging on the Hawthorns. So I'm walking up the road to get to my car and about 2,000 West Brom fans are walking this way. And the old boys want an autograph and a photograph. And the young boys are, you cunt, horrible, swearing. And I had to show in my face, I mean, up there, and the restraint and the resilience and the discipline mm. that I had to show. And the lack of fucking social distancing. All yeah. of it, really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we still told me to rule, but... Yeah, but it wasn't me. <laughs> Kevin Ball but, weren't around either. Yeah, Ballie weren't around. And, yeah. <laughs> they nearly got the case so, of Calic treatment, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. But that, that for me, just highlighted the, the, that... And it's a handful, let's be clear. It's not all young West Brom fans. It's not all... There's just a handful of... Mm of mm. those who I don't really give a shit about, to be honest. So, you know, if they want, if they want to have that opinion of me, that's, I've got yeah. no problem with that. Talk about spilling blood. I don't, <clears throat> might be off here, just memory-wise, but it's been brought up a few times. When you mentioned the playoffs and losing to Bolton, was that the Battle of Burnden? Yeah. Did you, did you get involved? You're not a Bolton fan, Might be. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you should know, we were miles better than you over there. <laughs> I'll tell you what I tell people about that. I tell people quite a lot about that, actually, because I'm still bitter. Um, th that was a game, at the, at game by game. So do the Molyneux game first. We battered Bolton, but only won 2-1. Jason McAteer miskicked one over our goalkeeper's head. Tells me he meant it, but he didn't. <laughs> and who was in goal for Bolton? They brought a very famous goalkeeper out. Peter Shilton. Peter Shilton. He was fucking 75 at yeah. the time. <laughs> <laughs> he was incredible. He was incredible. We hit the woodwork five times and he made unbelievable. How it wasn't five, six, one, I, I, I don't know. But anyway, we go, we go to Burnham Park believing that we are still better than Bolton. Um, but John McGinley, who you'll love, scores a goal. Um, but he then headbutts David Kelly right in front of the referee. Yeah. And the referee bottles it and lets him stay on the pitch. And of course it goes to extra time and... And Bolton end up uh, end up winning. So that that was a, a painful one because I, I, I've kept harping on about my wanting to play in the Premier League, mm. and th that that was just taken away really. And you felt it was unfair. You felt we were better than Bolton. Felt that the red card should have should have come. And that's the only time <clears throat> I've sat on a football pitch and shed a tear afterwards. Yeah. Not I wasn't sobbing or, or anything. Just a little just a little trickle, but it hurt. It, it really, really hurt. But it was the Battle of Burn, um, Burnden, yeah. yeah. Did yeah. John McGinley speak about the headbutt or not? I can't remember. No. He, I think he just said he sneezed. If he was coming yeah. in. Yeah. 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 He's just glad VAR wasn't in operation then, <laughs> <isn't> he really? <laughs> what was it like walking into Steve Bull? Like, he's yeah, obviously a club legend. Yeah. Did you feel that when you walked in? Like, oh, well, funny enough, my peg on the first day, I, I sat next to Bully all my time at, 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 in the dressing room, um, got changed next to him. 
Um, and because I'd played at West Brom, I, I spoke a bit of black country anyway. So I did understand him, if that's what you're asking. You know, um, he immediately, I walked through the, I walked through the door. I had this hair. It was a bit of wax in it or whatever it was. He's, oh, you are Prince. Look like Prince, you. <laughs> and he still calls me Prince to this day. <laughs> Hello, Prince, how's he going? Um, but brilliant. I mean, you talk about an out and out goal machine. Should have played in the Premier League, didn't. Played for England 13 times, but didn't play in the Premier League. People say he stayed loyal um, to Wolves. He did stay loyal to Wolves, but he was getting Premier League money. So the money, the financial thing wasn't a, a factor. Um, and by the time there was half a chance to go into the Premier League, it was it was too late. His knees were his knees were dodgy and mm. and everything. But no, out and out goal machine. Still one of my best mates to this day. Playing golf with him tomorrow, actually, with his two new knees. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> and, if he's got uh, the most caps. He's never played a Premier League game. Is he? I don't know. Potential quiz I, questions. We should, I mean, should we say it is? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, trivia. If you if you're talking <laughs> about Fuck, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> fact. Yeah, fact. It's very good. I pulled them out, and I think if you, they say footballers are thick as well. Um, if, if you if you're talking about the modern era, I'd say because that wouldn't have happened in recently, even if you're in the championship playing for England. Nah. Um, well, I can think of two. Yeah, Nugent and the fucking Wankstein. Yeah, there was like one couple of Freud. Yeah, did you say 13 he got? <laughs> 13, four goals. Went to Italia 90. Semi-finals of the World Cup. I didn't know. He, I, didn't, I never I've, Came I've had that DVD. I never knew he, he went. It wasn't a DVD. It was a, v, it was a video. Oh, yeah, B, yeah. yeah, Betamax. <laughs> um, no, he, he was there. He was there. You fractured your skull while at, at Wolves. Talking about did. shedding blood again. I did. Um, I didn't bleed, actually. So there was no oh. blood, but my head caved in. Interesting um, fact right. for you. The last player... For Jimenez to practice school playing for Wolves. <laughs> I tell you what, that's a very informative podcast, this, isn't it? I've obviously just made that up. It just came into my head then. I just thought, fuck it, I'll go You're with You're the it. only one left. If you, if you want to have a think about it before you get... <laughs> you normally just make stuff up, so just... <laughs> Yeah, you will. I get, you will. You will. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I. it was my fault as well. Um one of those near post corners where you're trying to fly across the, the front man and Teddy Sheringham famed that, didn't he? Mm. Well, I, I was trying to do that and I flung myself at a ball that I was never, ever going to get to. This part of my head here, got the back of Steve Jenkins, Huddersfield right back, got the back of his head. I think he was knocked out, but I wasn't because uh, I'm hard. Um, <laughs> no, and um, yeah, just went down. The physio ran on um, my arm. I couldn't feel my arm. I, I, so I said to to, to the phys, physio, Barry, I said, check my arm, my arm, my arms, I can't feel it like that. And he's lifting my arm and all that. And then your natural instinct when you clash heads is to feel for blood. Right? Yeah. So I put my head there and nearly lost my hand. Big, big crater. I said, actually, Baz, it's, uh, take, you better take a look at my head. I was quite calm, actually. And um, he looked at my head and he went white as a sheet. And I thought, oh, fuck, like that. And um, so depressed fracture of the skull. So to describe that for people watching, it's you get a ping pong ball, press it in like that, and it stays indented. It was one of those. And it was pressing on my brain, actually. So I got, obviously, stretcher, neck brace, hardboard, ambulance, 
my eight and a half month pregnant uh, wife was chasing me through all the red lights in the car with my three-year-old son. She was about to drop and I um, got to hospital in the corridor when they're, when they're wheeling me to see a specialist. I had fingers started going on their own lights and it was painful. I was like, and then my arms started going, my fingers were going, and then my cheeks started twitching. It was the most painful thing I've ever experienced. Thing as well. And I remember thinking, this is it. This is it. I was waiting for the old outer body experience, you know, you're looking down on yourself and all that. And I remember thinking, I'm not going to see my eight and a half month, uh, my, my little girl who was going to be born. I'm, I remember seeing that, that was flashing through. Anyway, sort of within 15, 20 seconds, they'd injected something into me and held me down and it had all stopped. They explained it was the, the pressure of the skull on the brain had caused it. Um, and that's why I was actually paralysed down my right side because of that, because the skull was down on the left side, which yeah. controls the right side. Um, my knight in shining armour, the surgeon came around, said, this is what's happened, this is the reason. They classed it as a fit. This is the reason it's happened. I'm gonna, he said very simply, I'm going to drill four holes in your skull and lift it back out for you. Okay, then, Doc. I can't. I'm by the way. <laughs> And that's exactly what happened. And once he went through the, pro the healing process uh, and they thought I might be out for a year, but I was out for six months, um, I felt pretty secure. But I got, in those moments, it, football's, it's not really important. It's, it's get, oh, yeah. get healthy first and then worry about the football. But yeah, that was one of my, I think I'm up to about seven lives now. That was one of my seven <laughs> that I've, two, uh, two left. Ball is the age of six. was well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What uh, was more painful, the, the actual, the fracturing of the skull or having to cut your hair to put the, the cap on? <laughs> I think I was already, I think it had, I think I was sporting a little bit of a cropped one anyway. All right. I think so. But you can see, I've got the M25 running around my head now for all the other clashes of heads that you've ever had. When I was scalped, my head looked like a road map, to be honest. <laughs> the M25, a few motorways, A roads, B roads, <laughs> you know. It's, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it, was, um, it was one of those things, really, but, but it was, it was self-inflicted. When it came to coming back, was you fine with it? Fine with, once you got all the... the yeah. In, so, the information from the specialists? Yeah, he bashed me over the head with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. final test was bashing me over the head with that. Um, yeah, I had a moment, and it's like when you have any kind of an injury, a broken leg or whatever, you need a moment of coming together. And um, I had a moment in training. I was still training with a skull cap on at the time, and um, a ball was blasted towards me um, from short distance. And it's one of those instinctive things. It's face or... I thought... I maybe should have let it hit my face, but I went <laughs> I went like that and it smacked me right where the fracture was, knocked me off my feet. All the lads are over like, oh, are you okay, Don? And I'm giggling on the floor like actually that I, I actually was okay. And that was my moment. I knew, yeah, I, took it. I knew I'd be all right. Yeah. You never think, I'll tell you what, I've got a very young family. Fuck it. I'm, it's not worth it. No, I, no, I, I, I never thought that because all the reassurances that I'd had from the surgeon about the healing process, he explained actually tendons, when you fracture your skull, tendons, it's a miracle, the human body, grow out, grip the other side of the skull and pull it tighter together. 
so that it's even stronger than before you fractured it. Uh, it's an incredible healing process. So once I'd had that test, once I'd had the reassurance, um, they don't leave any stones unturned. So that was never, that was never, never an issue, mate. No. And then obviously after Wolves, one of your other oh. famous facts back of being the only man to have a Talbot son being reported to Japan. <laughs> It's unbelievable. <laughs> really? <laughs> this is his fact of the day. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you, do you need my help? <laughs> it's a lie, people. It's a lie. <laughs> where did the move come from? I'll tell you where it came from. My contract was running out at Wolves. Um, and me and Mark McGee weren't getting on, who, who, who took over after Graham Taylor. Uh, we just, just one of those relationships you have them with managers. Um, I heard Danny Mills's podcast. He literally fell out with every manager that he played for, didn't he? But I, you have them. You have them where, but you don't have to be best mates, and it doesn't mean that you don't go out there and leave it all out there. But there was just something about his and I relationship. We're better now, actually. I bump into each other, and we're absolutely fine. But at the time, just just didn't get on. I was a senior player. I think I was thirty-two when I left Wolves. So I, I, I if if I thought something, I said it. It was one of those, like you, like you do. There were disagreements in the dressing room, um, large ones with, between manager and players. Um, uh, long story short, the Japanese um, had seen me score the winning goal at Ellen Road in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup because it was beamed into Japan and I'd had a decent game and scored a really good goal. And they learned that I was available on a free. And so somebody reached out and said, would you consider it? Uh, and plucked a stupid figure out of the air and said, well, consider it. Is that the way? This? Yep. Come over and have a look around. Like, oh. oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> and how old are you at this point? 32. And it, so right. it was double It was double what I was on at Wars, which which was the highest I ever earned in in, in a in an English club. And it was it was double that. It was a... It was a no-brainer, really. Um, Can you imagine the one with the missus? And, I and I'm going to Japan. What? <laughs> That's the contract. Well, I'll pack yeah. the bags, love. Yeah. yeah, I'll pack the kids. Yeah, up, yeah. yeah. No, we all went. Actually, we all went. Um, Hiroshima um, was the was the place I ended up playing. Um, so pretty new, obviously, given what happened all yeah. those years ago. It was rebuilt and so on and so. Forth. Lovely club um, managers. Australian Eddie um, with uh, Mick Hickman, who was at, had been at Wolves. He was his assistant, so that's another yeah, factor in got the... what got me um, over there. And there were three Australian players players over there. They like um, a drink as well, the, the Aussies, yeah, don't they? Yeah, it was good. It was good, but they didn't fucking stop talking about Australia. It pissed you <laughs> off, really. <laughs> you know, the Aussies, they're patriotic, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know... Um, so, uh, yeah, so three Aussies and we all lived in the same apartment block. So that was fun. But now I actually took my wife and, um, ex-wife and, uh, two kids and they were two and five, the kids at the time. So it was a big thing. Great experience. Well, well. I, and people say, what a life experience. And I say to people, if you haven't ever been to Japan, if you get the opportunity, go, go. it's an incredible place, incredible people. Highlighting and emphasising a lot of what's wrong with this country in terms of the respect and the morality and the, you know, you didn't have to lock your house, you didn't have to lock your car, you'd leave your car keys and your wallet in a push chair outside a zoo if you were going into the reptile house, things like that. Just barely any crime because because if you commit a crime in Japan, then you you pay a heavy price. It's penal, you know. Um, but the culture, the respect, 
mm. you know, the niceness. They genuinely want to help you and 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 and, and make your life as as easy as uh, as as they can. But I, st- I stayed for six months. Um, stayed for six months and, and had a brilliant life experience. Ripped my hamstring, so I only played ten games. Um, what felt- was the original plan? How long were you going to stay? What it was, was a year with an, a year option. So. Um, Basically, it was hard for my for my wife, ex-wife, two young kids. When you're in Japan, it's not like you can get a phrase book like you can in Europe and go, how do you say this, this and this? Yeah. I'd like a loaf of bread, please, or whatever. It's all the Chinese symbols and writing, and it was impossible. Really, really hard for her. So you yeah. went from the second most beautiful place in the world to the first. Barnsley. Correct. <laughs> Uh, after t- two hours in Barnsley, I wished I was back in fucking Hiroshima. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years previous. It's actually, tw- it's actually twinned with it. Does <laughs> 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 John Andrew fetch it in? Yeah, Obviously, you played with Bradford That's right. all them years ago. That's right. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. I was again injured, which, you know... One of, you know, your you little regrets in life, these little injuries that where you want to help your team, you want to, John's brought me in, he's a pal as well, to help. And um, again, I probably only played, it might have been 10 games for them. I can't, I can't quite, you know, can't quite remember, but it wasn't many injuries. Um, Great night out though. You ever went to Big City? Yeah, occasionally. Is <laughs> <laughs> that, that pump? Pump bar. Is that Ibiza style? This is, this is fucking Ibiza on, on steroids. <laughs> he knew the answer to that question before he asked the question. <laughs> but he also knows that I couldn't possibly say on here. <laughs> That's what he knows. How would you get on with Mick McCarthy? Mick, I never played for Mick, but I get on great with Mick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know whether he's heard my impression of him. That's why he probably got on great. Yeah, I, mean, I, I wondered where you were going with it, really. Yeah. yeah, I wondered where you were going with it. No, he's 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 different class. He, he Sky used him quite a bit as a as a third member of a commentary team during COVID. They wanted to do something a bit different. I got to know him then. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, cracking That's fella. When he talks about your mate, but when he's on about bringing Bothroyd off, I think Bothroyd had scored or something. Yeah, Bothroyd for Cardiff. Yeah, no, for, I think it was Wolves. Oh, for what? And for I think Bothroyd's give it one of them as he scored, basically, don't leave us out again or whatever. So Mix brought him off straight away. Get that fucker off. Yeah, he, and he speaks he about it and he's in the studio and they say, why did you do it? And he explained it all. Brilliant. <laughs> no, he's, he's bri- he, did, he did the best interview that I've ever seen after a game of football. And I'm trying to, it was at Molyneux. I'll tell you exactly what it was. It was about my second game for Sky Sports. And um, it was one of those games, and we all played in them, where you come away from it going, how have that team beat that team? That one at, B- at Molyneux with Bolton? Yep. Like, it was one of those, like, <laughs> yeah. how have they won that game? It was 3-2 to Birmingham. 3-2 to Birmingham. Remar- Wolves had battered them. And in the very last minute of the game, Michael Kitely Kites had gone clean through on the Birmingham goal, and he'd had his, he'd had his legs whipped from underneath him. And um, it's a clear penalty and a red card, referee waved play on. So from my commentary position, the dugouts are just below and I looked at Mick and I could see the fucking steam coming out of his ears. And he did something that they don't normally happen. So the normal protocol after a game is managers, they'll go into the changing room where the players, won't they debrief the players? 
Then they'll come and do their post-match interview. Mick pulled our touchline reporter, which was Greg Whelan, who is a Wolves fan, by the way, um, pulled him and said, do it now. Watch it. So they mobilised the cameras. You could still see the steam. And I thought, normally I'd take my headphones off and do one. I thought, I am fucking not missing this, by the way. <laughs> Comedy goal. So I put, I kept my cans on and I'm listening. And Greg says to Mick, I suppose the only starting place is the, the penalty at the end, isn't it? And Mick went... Hey. He said, Greg, I usually get a kiss before I get shafted. He <laughs> 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 said, we've got the drug testers over there in our dressing room. They're in the wrong bloody room. They want to get over there in the referee's room. <laughs> Just absolutely priceless. And ever since then, he's... he's, he's his rants, are, they, they are they are brilliant. They are they are brilliant. I remember I remember Sky. I can't remember who was presenting. It might have been Simon Thomas or Dave Jones, and he's the guest in the studio. And they asked him. They'd just gone on air. How, how did you how did you fare here? Whatever ground it was. He could, yeah, we used to get dicked here all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies at home. For that. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's golden he's, he's, he's golden he's golden we've got to mention before we finish obviously a bit of a, a cult hero at Walsall the uh, was it only 25 games maybe a few league games yeah it wouldn't have been that many yeah it wouldn't have been many um, mm. but we, we we went in there um, in the March when the transfer deadline finished at the end of March I, just, that's, I never went in the summer in any transfer yeah. Uh, for money, yeah, um, I didn't pay anything for me then anyway, so that's a stupid <laughs> statement. Um, but yeah, Ray Graydon got got me in. <clears throat> he got um, Fitzroy Simpson, Barry Horn, bit of experience just to yeah. see him. And you had Wacker in. I heard you speaking to yeah. Wacker over the with his lift story about <laughs> with Adi Vivash afterwards. Going up, <laughs> we are anyway. <laughs> brilliant. Um, but yeah, we we got little little Walsall into the championship. So we the, the playoff final. I. Had that first promotion at Bradford City, won the league. Um, but winning a playoffs is, if you could guarantee it, it's the way. You've you've had it at Bolton, obviously. Yeah. If, you, if you can guarantee it, it's the, it's the way to go get up. So a few of the fans must have said it must have been great walking out of Wembley and seeing all 25,000 Afro wigs. Yeah, they weren't quite twenty five thousand. I, I know where you're coming from. Yeah, they, they, I didn't. I never got myself on commission for them either, which uh, is a very poor move by me. But yeah, no, we look. We went out. We Reading were the favourites. Uh, they were the ones that had spent loads of money on players. They had, I think, they had forty thousand Reading fans. I think we had sort of between fifteen and twenty Walsall fans. But um, yeah, we, we we turned them over against all the odds. Uh, Wacker made a couple of gaffes. I don't suppose you mentioned that. In his <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's all right. We bailed him out. So, um, but yeah, I mean, and Brian um, Marwood gave me man of the match after, so I managed to nick a goal and played all right. And Brian Marwood, he said, and Goodman was everywhere. That's where the wigs came in. I fucking was everywhere. Brilliant, brilliant memories, and 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 the, you know, thirty-five. To be 35 and experience that, that was probably my best day in football, really, given yeah. what, what had happened with the fire at the mm. at the start of the career. I'd say that was my best 
football day, my best day in football. Everybody was there, the family. And and Wacker, again, I keep alluding to that. That was a great dressing room. Tight-knit, some funny characters in there. And we knew how to have a beer and, and, and enjoy ourselves. So, yeah, no, brilliant, happy days at, at, at Walsall. And it all, well, for me, we got into the championship. Um, injuries again, and by this time I was pulling muscles for fun without even sprinting, to be fair. Um, Colin Lee was Mark McGee's assistant at Wolves, so that wasn't, he'd taken over from Ray Graydon by then. That was never a a, 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 a loving relationship, shall we <laughs> Shall we say. Um, so, yeah, at the end of that championship, we, we kept him up, scored a couple of goals, but, and... Um, Parting of the ways, really, for me, mm. from Walsall. But happy, happy, happy memories, yeah. Can you remember the first time you met Jimmy? Wacker. You know, you know the first time <laughs> I met Jimmy. <laughs> did he mention it, did he? <laughs> he didn't tell us what happened. He just said, ask him about the first time you met us. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I think... It, well, it's the boys' end of season holiday. So that paints the picture, doesn't it, really, mm. you know? Um, I think we'd gone out earlier than the Walsall lot. We must have done because we were we were tanked up and all that. But yeah, I had been on it all day. A little kid had come up to me at the bar. I think it, I think it was Tenerife, unless I'm mistaken. And I signed his autograph. And as I handed it back to him, I lost my balance and went, and there was one of them bins what you collect beer glasses in <laughs> behind me, and I. Gone, I'm, and I'm in. I'm in the. Bit, Talk just, about don't your heroes. Just, just me little legs. Started off and I fell in a bin, and I can't get out. And if you ask Wacker, he just sees these two little black legs. But he said, "I'll go and help him." As he comes in, fuck me, it's done good. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it <pulls> me out, <laughs> and the rest, as they say, is uh, created a great impression. Obviously, um, so. I wonder if that little boy just seen a damsel in distress. Oh, no, so yeah. It would probably open the fucking birds. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he saw the black toenails. He went, "That's no bird." No. I wonder if that little boy still got that autograph. Anyway, so. anyway, yeah. Just, no. the, just the end on Woodman just goes. <laughs> <laughs> Just in brackets. <laughs> Couldn't finish, fell in bed. <laughs> Don Goodman. <laughs> oh, class. Cheers. Yeah. 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 That's my pleasure. Good luck with a golf really enjoying. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks for having us. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 